0: Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's episode is sponsored by AACN's eLearning, offering online courses for nurse preceptors like the Preceptor Challenge, with information available at aacn.org forward slash precept. Now here's your host, AACN's Chief Clinical Officer, Connie Barden. Well, this is Connie Barden, and I'm so thrilled to get to talk today with Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie, thanks for joining us. It's so great to have you here. I'm so
1: happy to be here, Connie. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, just so that everyone knows, Stephanie is a vice president of patient care services and the associate chief nursing officer at Children's Mercy Hospital, which is in Kansas City, Missouri. So... Great to talk to you in Missouri today.
1: Yes, ma'am. We, um, we're happy to be here, and um, I'm looking forward to talking to you today, Connie.
0: The topic that we're discussing today is actually something I know almost nothing about, and it's a topic of stay, S-T-A-Y, stay interviews. So for my benefit, and probably the benefit of many others, maybe we should just sort of start with the basics, Stephanie, and can you just sort of tell us an overview of what exactly is a stay interview?
1: This is a great topic to talk about really for anybody that might be listening. Of course, we all talk about um, interviews when we're onboarding and sometimes when people are leaving and we talk about why are you leaving and what could we have done differently. And the reason I love this topic is we need to talk to people about why do they stay? So what is a stay interview? It's why do people stay with us? Why do they stay at work? What makes them come in every day? Um, It's exactly what the word describes. So we need to be talking with our Um, employees, with our staff about what brings them in every day and what makes them come to work, what makes them stay with us. Um, And the more important part about this that I would want you um, and anybody listening with us today or or, uh, joining us in our conversation is um, what makes them come to not only their job, but what makes them come to the organization or the the hospital or the clinic or the place where they work. Um, why do they come and what makes them jump out of bed every
0: day for us? Did you invent this or did you learn it from someplace else? Or it sounds brilliant.
1: I wish I would have invented it, Connie. Um, That would be (laughs) awesome. And I'd be able to tell you really, really great things about how I came up with it today. Um, But no, I didn't invent this. Um, You know, it's been around for a while. I think it's been uh, really formalized over the past several years. And you could Google it and find lots of ways to actually have a formalized stay interview. I'm going to be honest with you. I think stay interviews need to happen over informal conversations you have with staff as you're talking to them. How are things going, how are you feeling about things, talking to them as they come meet with you, sometimes in formal settings, whether that's with a review or with some type of formal conversation, but also just as you're um, walking down the hall with them or you're rounding and, and going to see what's going on. And I decided years and years ago that uh, in order to really do my job well, whether it's my current ACNO job or my last job as a director or my My very, very first leadership job as a fill-in charge nurse, uh, we've got to invest more in the people, right? And if I know what gets them out of bed every morning and they're willing to work hard for me no matter what, and they're willing to show up no matter what, and I understand why, that makes my job easier no matter what I do. And so I really started asking those questions very early on. Um what brings you to work today? Thanks for coming. Talk to me about why you're here. Why do you come back? Making sure I ask those questions equally of the person that's been here for a month or two and the person that's been here for 20 years and what's different for them that's that has decided to stay and and what's different for those that are newer. But really no didn't invent it but maybe have refined it a little bit.
0: Sounds like it could be formal, sounds like it could be informal in your mind when you're thinking of this cuz This is like a lot. Yeah, I imagine you've got all kinds of people, whether they're direct reports for you or just people in your areas. Do you schedule these out? Do you talk to people every so often? Or is it just more opportunistic? Like, how do you approach that?
1: It really can be either. So sometimes for me, um, depending on really the number of people you're trying to reach, sometimes it has to be scheduled uh, just so that you can make sure you touch everybody. I do think it's important that you're touching everybody. I think if it can be more opportunistic, for me, that's a better approach because then it's more conversational and it doesn't feel so... um, Scheduled And so we've got to have a conversation and so prepared. I feel like uh, my style just lends itself more to, hey, let's talk about what's working for you, what's not working for you. Um, again, like I mentioned earlier, what gets you out of bed? What keeps you from hitting the snooze button so much that you don't make it today? Asking them those types of questions. You know, if we're rounding as much as I'd like for my leaders to or as much as I try to, it really gives me pretty ample opportunity to have those questions. And sometimes it lends itself to one on one. But I, for instance, was up on a couple of my inpatient units last week and said to them, hey, how's it going? What do you think's going well for everybody right now? What isn't yeah, sure. going well? And right. so sometimes it can also be in a group setting. I think you can do stay interviews both formally and informally. And it really depends on what type of information you're trying to garner from that particular person at the time. So sometimes I schedule them. Sometimes they're really informal. And I think both are equally valuable depending on what
0: you're trying to find. This is really just fascinating. So I'm kind of curious, you've been a leader for quite some time. And I'm curious to know, how did you come to start this and and see the value of these stay interviews?
1: for me, most of this came about pretty organically. Um, I really, as I tried to figure out what makes people tick and really how do I connect with people on a more individual way and how do I figure out what makes people want to be at work and how do we get longevity out of people as they start moving around more frequently in their roles and from organization to organization. I wanted to have a connection with people that Um, was more personal. And so I may start asking them, you know, what would be one thing in your current job if you could change that I could help with, what would that be? And as I started to connect with them on that level, if I could change one little thing about their day and they could share that with me and they saw that I listened, it's amazing how one little itty bitty detail made them feel differently about my relationship with them, about that I listened and that the organization cared. And so it really um, started from just having a conversation, a connection, and that they felt they were listened to. And then as you start to do research on it, and you realize this is actually a big thing. A lot of people do very formalized stay interviews. Um, it became more of a, a process that I taught my leaders and that I asked them to do now for all of their teams. And um, as I mentioned earlier, it can be some very simple questions to, to bigger questions about what do you like? best about other jobs you've had and what kind of things do we not do here that you wish we would or down to other things about what makes a great day here you know what makes your day better here than other days so uh that's really um how I started and why I started
0: it such an amazing thing it's inspiring to me to hear you talk about this so you as a leader Because what you're saying is I got to connect with my people and Mm -hmm. I have to know what matters to them, which is a way of recognizing them and their value, not just you as a leader, which is very important. want to know them individually
1: and as a person and their responses let me into their personal life a little bit as well Mm. and so it helps connect them personally to their profession and helps connect them to me Um, it allows me to give some insight into really who they are and then as I see them next time to be able to ask them some questions about things that we talked about that gives us a personal connection that I wouldn't have had otherwise Exactly, Um, and it's so that's important to me it's important that they know that I care um, about them individually. And even as we talked about when I asked them in a group, um, so for instance, when I was up on that floor, I mentioned earlier, a couple of weeks ago, they were talking to me about some behavioral health challenges and three of them had an idea about what to roll out with a specific patient. And I happened to see two of them um, again later on that next week. And I said, hey, were you guys able to roll that out? You know, but having that specific conversation about what was difficult for them that day and what ideas they had. And then going back and saying, were you able to do that? How did it go personalizes that interaction for them and for me and helps me understand what they're going through. Uh, And I think that's important. It helps them know that I value what they're doing every day. And that I care.
0: So they felt valued and cared about, and you actually become a better leader because you know your people better. It's funny. I was listening this morning to a Renee Brown podcast And she was talking about one of the one of the fundamentals of being an excellent leader is you have to care about and connect with the people that you lead. And it's like it's fundamental, no matter the industry, no matter what. And this is exactly what you're saying. Let me switch gears a little bit and ask you this. So you're a pro at this, and I, I bet it's just sort of in your DNA. It comes naturally. You might not do a lot of psyching up and prepping. But if someone's listening to this and they've not done these before, you have any advice, like how would you suggest that a leader sort of get mentally ready? Like, how would you start this? Or is the staff just going to kind of think, oh, boy, they read a new book. Now they're going to try a new technique. Sure. Or-
1: I think that's a great question. First of all, I love Brene Brown. So I think I have to give a little kudos to you there, too, because um, I totally, totally love her podcast and what she brings to the table as well. You know, I think the easiest place to get started, Connie, is to just start, first of all. Don't overthink it. We overthink everything too much, and to everybody out there, everybody listening, this is not a perfect science. It doesn't have to be perfected. All I would suggest is to please start. The second thing I would tell you is to just make it as simple as possible. When you are talking to your first staff member or whoever, you can start with anyone, there's no perfect place to start. The first question I would just ask is, hey, What gets you out of bed in the morning coming to work? What about your job gets you out of bed? And it can just be one question. It doesn't have to be a list of four or five. It doesn't have to be complex. You could start with that one question and ask nothing else but that. And really um, take that information, figure out why people are getting up, what brings them to your organization, why they enjoy it. Usually that question will lead you into another conversation about what they like, what isn't going well, and it kind of takes on a life of its own. So one, just do it, get started, don't overthink it, and two, start simple. What about your job gets you up in the morning? Um, why do you come to this organization and, and why have you stayed? and start very, very simple.
0: Do you get feedback from your staff on this? Like, do they they talk about this? Like, hey, Stephanie, I really appreciate that you asked me these things, that you care, or? The better I've gotten at the skill, the less they recognize
1: we're doing it. <laughs> If I'm honest with you, right. (laughs) Because you just incorporated into a regular conversation. And then when you go back and, and, you know, you may ask them, does Stephanie do stay interviews? And they'll be like, well, I mean, no, I don't really think so. Well, has she ever asked you about why you come to work and why you stay? Oh yeah. She asked me that all the time.
0: (laughs) That just shows that you've incorporated it. It's almost like your pillars for having a meaningful conversation.
1: Exactly. So I do think they absolutely appreciate it. What they appreciate most is the one-on-one conversation and the, the idea that you're trying to connect with them in a meaningful way that's intentional. It's an intentional way to understand what matters to them about their professional life and why they're here.
0: It has to be a mindset for the leader, not mm-hmm. just go up and, and chit-chat about nothingness, but to really be intentional that this is part of how you do connect with the people that you lead.
1: Well, Connie, and you saying that, I would add, um, as a leader, you have to want to do this. This can't just be a check the box because you've heard this and you're like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to try it. You have to be intentional about it and want to do it. That's part of the sincerity of me asking the question is I want to know the answer. If you don't really, or are not really sure you want to do it, wait until you've thought that through because that will come across and then it doesn't go well.
0: Yeah. You're talking about being authentic. So, um. Do you have some examples of like some that went exceedingly well or like, wow, I really learned this and here's what happened, or some that didn't quite go as planned or any sort of examples like, ooh, that kind of blew up or?
1: Definitely both. You know, um, I actually was talking to a gentleman yesterday who I've worked with almost my entire career. Um, and his name is Jason, and I adore Jason. He's um, a gentleman who um, is in an anesthesia tech that's worked with us for a long time. He's a leader, one of our anesthesia tech uh, leaders, anesthesia managers. He's learned so many leadership skills over the past two years, and I was telling Jason how proud of him I was, and he recently came under new leadership, and so he and I were talking, and I said, Jace, you know what makes you stay, man? Like you've been here a long time. Let's talk about it. And he's like, you know, Steph, I remember when I used to work in environmental services, and I wanted this job. I, you know, and I worked hard, and I got up to this job, and you know, I, I stay because of the support. I've never had support like this. Um, I stay because of the support. I've never felt this kind of help in my entire career. And, you know, coming under nursing, they recently came under nursing in the past four years. He's like, has just been remarkable. And I appreciate all the support and everything you guys have done for us and teaching. And so he goes on to, to give us the answers and makes us, you know, mental notes about what we have helped integrate into our anesthesia tech program that they didn't have before. And of course, his immediate leader is in there with us, and she's making notes about what's gone well and 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 why he has stayed, because um, okay. he has been recruited by several other hospitals. He works PRN at another hospital that I know ha- asks him routinely, "What well, come on, full time, over here, over here, over here." So I know he has opportunity routinely to go somewhere else. And you know, then at the end he says, "His wife works here as well, so that also helps me out." I'm not going to lie. Um, and he also says, "Well, and you know, Cheryl and I were." going to retire in eight or nine years and we want to leave mercy together and and we said we're not going to leave you steph you know that was sweet and uh, but i do appreciate the honesty about support and all the details he gave were very telling about how we teach him how we help elevate his practice how we help support his individual frontline workers um, how we believe uh, him when he comes to us with a problem and how we'll walk back there with him and see what the issue is he said, you know, Stephanie, my old boss used to say, well, I mean, I don't know, you just got to go figure it out. And he said, I remember walking out of his office one time thinking, I don't know how to figure it out. Uh, I enjoyed our conversation with him. But again, easy conversation. Hey, why do you stay question was very simple. And so we got some good information there. You know, the time it doesn't go well, is when you think somebody really is pretty happy in their job, It, it seems to be going well. And, and you're having just a conversation about, so how do you think things are going? How are you feeling about things? Well, I mean, it is what it is. Oh, okay, well, tell me a little bit more about that. I come to work for a paycheck. I got to pay my bills. And then it can stop you dead in your tracks. <laughs> yeah, on that. And so, you know, I will encourage you, even when you get those answers that you don't want and you're like, I'm not sure what to do with that, the worst thing you can do is to do nothing with that because those people also matter. Um, We want everybody to understand they have value and to say, you know, help me understand that. We don't want anybody uh, to feel that way. Um, You matter, what you're doing here matters. And I'm sorry you feel that way and be, be intentional again and meaningful about that. I don't want anybody just to come to work for a paycheck, but we also have to recognize in the current times and with what's going on, um, financial um, security is a real concern for people. So I always try to validate that, just like I did with that person. I absolutely understand. I know people have had some hard personal times, and and I know that um, your financial security is important. Is there anything at work though that you do enjoy coming to do, um, or is that really the is that really the only reason you come? I find that hard to believe. You're really good at what you do, and then she yeah, turns right. around like, well, no. I mean, I like taking care of the patients. Okay. So there is something else, you know, so trying to find that connection with them, I think is always important, but it did throw me, throw me for a loop when that was the first thing that came out of her mouth.
0: I can imagine uh, someone listening to us and thinking, Oh, I really want to do this. But what if I get, right. What if I get an answer, I don't know. I don't know what to do with Right. But that probably speaks to experience and skill and just, just getting going and doing it. Right.
1: Well, it does. Experience, skill, and getting going. And remember, um, a lot of it's practice uh, and, and understanding that you're going to have some of that. So if you're more comfortable starting in a controlled environment versus doing it kind of out in the open, like I mentioned earlier, I would suggest that some of these, when you start in your office or in more of a controlled scheduled environment, gives you a little bit more of the ability to guide the conversation versus an ad lib situation where you don't know what you're getting into. That can come with time but I would also say that making sure that when you do have an answer that you're like wow I wasn't prepared for that I've also said to people well you know what I wasn't quite prepared for that answer tell me what's going on yeah you know um, and really being honest and, and human with them they're human too and they have to see that as leaders you know I, I hate that you feel that way I've said that before too wow I hate that you feel that way you're an amazing nurse you're an amazing care assistant. You're a really great security guard. I hate that you're feeling that way today. Tell me what's going on. Uh, And then asking those tough questions. And I will tell you, I have yet knock on wood when I ask those questions about, hey, tell me what's going on getting down. And that's not really the whole story. So don't walk away from the conversation when it starts to what you think is bomb on you. (laughs) Because normally, um, you can get down to what's really going on with the person and you still can establish the connection. They still walk away feeling valued and you still end up with some information that allows you to be intentional about the interaction action.
0: I can imagine if if I were in a position of thinking, oh, I'm going to walk around, I'm going to do this. And there's like a zillion people out there I ought to talk to. Or one of the first things besides just plain old fear that would come up for me is, well, I don't have time to do this. Mm-hmm. And you're a vice president there at Children's Mercy and uh, associate CNO. How on earth do you find time to do this?
1: You know, Connie, I'm going to say this, and I'm sure there's going to be some people that are listening to our conversation today that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for all of you thinking that, I'm going to stop you right now in your head and say, please put that little voice aside, because this is what I would tell you that I tell all of the people I work with. If you don't have time to invest in your people, everything else will never work out. So I hear that constantly from even leaders that work with me, Stephanie, we don't have time. We don't have time. And I tell them all the time, the time that you need to spend must be spent investing in your people or everything else will spin out of control and will never work out. So if you don't get to every email today, you don't get it to it tomorrow, the project has to be delayed by a day or two. Then you let me know that because your time has got to be spent with your people.
0: So, Stephanie, I got that. You know, people will find the time for things that are important. And if you're prioritizing your people, you find time to do it. But let me ask you this. I could also see a little hesitation like you start asking people these kinds of questions, it's kind of like looking under rocks. you got to be prepared to hear what they have to say and to see what's under the rock. What would you say about that concern about starting this kind of uh, interface with folks?
1: You know, I do think that's a concern and, and something to, to kind of talk about, Connie. I, I would tell anybody to think about it from this perspective. You are going to hear things and find things at some point that probably don't feel real great and, and mm-hmm. that you didn't know. But the positive thing about that is I would rather find it now and be proactive about hearing about it than finding out in front of the whole entire group and being reactive about it. Let's find out from the person who knows the most and can give you the information about it. Let's find out in an environment where you can ask clarifying questions and figure out how you can be part of the solution and help problem solve. Um, I really believe that we should be uncovering the problems and believe it or not using your word lifting up the rocks. We've got to figure out where the real issues are and try to engage in a proactive way of problem solving because when it hits us over the head with it and then we're trying to react and figure out what to do next, that is the worst position to be in as a leader and trying to react to the issue as it's happening. So I would tell you uncover it, ask the question, figure it out now. It's a better place to be and then when it hits you over over the head as it's coming down. What is that
0: phrase? Uh, Sunlight is the best disinfectant.
1: I agree. And and know that it's going to happen. You're not going to always have the answer. That's part of this discovery process. And to know that um, I would rather know up front and have them be able to tell you and then figure it out together than to find out later um, that something happened that you didn't know about and should have. And and this gives you the opportunity to, to be in a position of a discovery versus a position of reaction.
0: Makes perfect sense. Brilliant. Thank you. Absolutely. We're getting a little bit close to the end of our time, but I want to ask you one. It's a little bit personal, so you don't have Please. to answer it if you don't want. But as you think about the course of your career, different places that you've worked, et cetera, is there a time where, wow, if somebody would have sort of done this with me, had a stay interview with me, that might have changed what happened there. Uh, might it have have altered anything for you as you think back of where you've worked?
1: You know, Connie, um, first of all, great question. Very good question. It would have changed how I felt about my job in the moment. It absolutely would have because it shows that you care and it shows that you want to know more about where I am and how I'm feeling in the moment. It absolutely would have made me not look for another job. I think that's important, especially with where we are in healthcare, really all the time. But right now, I mean, leaders are hard to find, nurses are hard to find, Um, you know, people are are constantly looking around and and we really um, want to invest in our workforce and, and keep our good leaders and our good nurses where they are. So we need to be more intentional sometimes about our interactions. And as I look back on my career, I mean, I've had some really good leaders and mentors and I've had some that aren't. And I do wish that there had been some more intentional conversations at times earlier on in my career. And it definitely would have made me think a little bit differently about some of my choices.
0: Let me see if I've got this, because I think I told you at the top of this, that this was a concept I wasn't familiar with. And I really was thinking of it as like an interview, because that's the name of it, stay interview. So what you said is these are can be formal or informal. It sounds like more often for you, they're informal. Now you've got such a rapport with your staff, but some of the main concepts I'm hearing are, this is a way to connect with people more, you know, learning what's what's in it for them. Where's their passion? What makes you come to work? Why do you stay here? And the importance of details. Sometimes it's not even the big things, but details to them in their job and sometimes in their, in their life. Absolutely. I hear uh, it's a way that or or I make up that it's a way that people feel recognized that here's here's the VP who's here asking me, you know, why the heck do you come to work and that kind of thing? So it's a way of recognizing them. And it sends a signal of you matter. You matter to me. I'm here spending time with you. It's just really great. But the big advice that I heard from you is if someone wants to get started with this, don't overthink it. Keep it simple and just kind of just do it. Just get going. Just start with the easy ones if you want. Just just to get going. Start anywhere. Find the time. And to be a successful leader, you've got to invest time in your people.
1: You got it all right, Connie. Right on point.
0: <laughs> and intentional leadership. So, so speaking Absolutely. with people. Absolutely. Intentional leadership. Being authentic, caring about them, but being intentional with the conversations that you have.
1: Absolutely, it's, it's important
0: that we're intentional
1: because they, um, you know, it's a what they do for us every single day is a, a big deal. It's a sacrifice for them and their families, and we need to be intentional about our interactions with them in the same way.
0: It makes sense. Yeah. Anything else, Stephanie? That you want to want to add in? It just it's been thrilling just to learn from you, really, and talk to you. No,
1: I've enjoyed talking with you today. It's been absolutely uh, the most enjoyable part of my day. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. We'll, we'll have you back. because Please I do. You I can't wait.
1: More. I can't wait. I loved it.
0: Stephanie Meyer, Vice President of Patient Care Services and Associate CNO at Children's Mercy in Kansas City, Missouri. It has been an honor to have you talk with us today, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time.
1: Have a great day.
0: Thanks. Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, proudly sponsored by AACN's Preceptor Challenge with information available at aacn.org forward slash precept. We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts at aacn.org.